Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. Here you are, tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. You have made a wonderful decision here this morning. Well, whatever time it is, um, it's a wonderful decision to listen to this program. It's good to have you here. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com and community.toddhuffshow.com. I said that a little too fast, community.toddhuffshow.com. If you are interested in in following us um, as we kind of started this first phase, I will say last night uh, we were fortunate enough. We're in southern, south-central Florida, I guess you would say. We've moved from Sarasota to Okeechobee, well, near Okeechobee, actually a little bit west of Lake Okeechobee. and saw one of the rockets launch last night, which, if you've not seen that, just an incredible, incredible thing to witness. I remember as a kid, actually, as a kid, um, a young kid, maybe, I want to say about eight, we saw the space shuttle, I think it was the, I think it might have been one of the last launches of the Challenger prior to its... um, that tragic event in, in 1986, but that's just a remarkable thing uh, to behold, to watch that. Folks, we live in a fantastic place, a fantastic country. So, got to see that last night, but I want to talk this morning here. I want to start with um, a gentleman that the, the great Rush Limbaugh used to refer to as simply the forehead. This is Paul Begala. Paul Begala is, of course, um, a lifelong Clintonite, somebody who is um, just, I mean, Clinton Clinton through and through. I mean, this, this guy is committed to the cause uh, in ways that the average person simply just cannot relate to. But Paul Begala, was, he's out there on, I think it's CNN. I think it was on CNN. And he was talking. <clears throat> he was talking about. Um, well, he was asked, I guess, to respond to some question or some some comments that had been made. Some people think Biden has not pushed as hard for um, the Freedom to Vote Act or whatever name they've called this thing today. It used to be the For the People Act. It's some other. If, if this one falls through and they want to pass something else or some variation of this, it'll be the, you know, something that you just, you don't want to say that you're against. You oppose the Freedom to Vote Act? What kind of a guy opposes the Freedom to Vote Act? Well, it turns out context absolutely positively matters. And the people writing the law are also the people who are titling, naming the law. So... I'm trying to find this here. So Begala's asked, is you know, is that a fair criticism that Biden is or has been p- 
pushing his infrastructure bill harder, and infrastructure did pass, harder than he's been uh, pressing the voting rights, well, no, the voter fraud bill. I said on this program, they refer to every law Republicans pass that is designed to keep elections safe and secure. They inappropriately malign Republicans and inappropriately um, misconstrue what this these pieces of legislation are, and they call them voter suppression laws. That's what they call them. So I have said on this program that I will hereby and hear uh, from this point forward, I will refer to their legislation as voter uh, voter fraud bills because, folks, that's what this legislation is going to allow uh, and and open the door for in a massive, massive way. We've gone through this a little bit. Maybe we'll do that again. I don't know. We won't do it today. But, I mean, I, I've gone through it. We've talked about some of the things that it allows, and we've talked about, the, to me, the basic principle. I think if you can hammer home the basic principle, people can begin, well, people people know can piece the puzzle together too. But the, the, the basic principle here is that anytime you have an election, anytime you have an election, um, you are open, you are, well, fraud is possible. It's possible. Every time you take votes, fraud is possible. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't open the polls. If Democrats thought that that would help them, they probably would be pushing for something like that. But since they like to take advantage of some of these laws, in fact, it reminds me of a something I was prepared to talk about yesterday. Maybe I'll play that soundbite as well. But a uh, poly- or a uh, election official in Pennsylvania, I forget the county, said that this year, <laughs> this year they're going to have to follow election law. I when when comparing it with 2022, as though it was like. Back then, it wasn't that big of a deal. Back then, um, we could pretty much do whatever we wanted. It was the Wild West. That's certainly one way of interpreting uh, what she said. But anytime you have a, you're, you're taking votes, you're opening yourself up to both real votes coming in and fake votes coming in. I mean, th- this is beyond simple to me, right? This is a fundamentally basic idea. If you open a store and you have things for sale, and you intend for customers to walk out that door having paid you for the merchandise, you are also susceptible. You've opened up um, an opportunity for someone to walk out the door with merchandise without paying for it. It doesn't mean that it happens enough to bankrupt your store. It doesn't mean that the majority of people do it. All it means is that you're probably going to take steps, if you're the store owner, to secure your store. You're going to make it harder for people to do this. And there's some very sophisticated things stores have done, and there's some very basic, just common sense things. I mean, for example, you don't typically check out of these places at the back of, of stores, right? I mean, they and a lot of these stores now, you have to walk through. In fact, I'm thinking about Walmarts. You can't just walk back out the door. You you got to go through the, the checkout lane, so to speak, so that people can see if you're walking out with a something that you maybe are trying to not pay for. 
Um, and there's a lot of theft. There's a lot of theft. I've I've heard some of the numbers from folks in law enforcement, and some of these things would, would blow the average person's mind, blows my mind when I hear some of the theft that's happening and how much these companies are writing off um, as, as every month. They just plan it. It's part of the budget. I don't know what the, the term is, but stolen merchandise, basically. It's going to be this many X number of dollars, right? So that's the reality. Now, it doesn't mean that you... A, you know, a store owner still wants to open a store, um, and we still want to have elections. So it doesn't mean that there's no election. It just means that we have to take certain steps. I don't know how to make this any simpler, folks. I mean, to me, take anything in the world um, that we that we do. Um, we drive our cars, right? We get in the car. We put on our seatbelt. If it's nighttime, we turn on the headlights. Uh, we follow within some degree of reason these posted speed limit signs. We stop at red lights. We go at green lights. We, well, when you're pulling a fifth wheel, you pay very close attention to the angles that you make uh, corners and turns on. And I'll tell you, backing into this particular spot, thank goodness I had the help of a gentleman named Tim who was a former um, semi-truck driver. But the point is, is that whatever we do, Whatever we do, we take certain precautions. I don't mean like over the top, sort of, some people are paranoid, but there's just basic caution. I mean, when you use, you know, your 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 debit card or credit card or cash, I mean, you, you I mean, you double check the receipt before you pay for it. You know, you you make sure that you put the card back in your wallet. You just don't lay it on the table, hand it to random strangers. I mean, there's just things that you do, right? And all, and everything that all aspects of our lives, we have some degree of just being cautious. We lock the doors at night. Maybe you live in a part of the country where you don't. You know what? As a kid, we didn't always lock the doors. Um, when I was growing up, I remember I could go to that <laughs> that back screen door and walk in virtually any time that I wanted. Um. So the point is point is they want to misrepresent those laws that are designed to have some degree of some degree of uh, order and security and just a process whereby we can make sure that the people voting are actually real voters and that there is some sort of a defined period of time an amount of risk that we're allowed or that we're open to allowing for our elections because every second that uh, the the counts or the, the polls are open, there's a possibility for fraud. I don't know. Th- this is beyond common sense to me. This just makes – this just – if you live life and pay attention, this is what it is. So there, the, the left is trying to frame this debate – this Freedom to Vote Act, and they are terrified as we've gone through here recently. They they know they're about to be shellacked. I mean, you've got Democrats that are now bad-mouthing Biden. You've got Democrats that uh, won't side with Biden on things like the filibuster. You've got Biden's polling numbers in the tank. I don't want to go through all this because we just did this recently, but the point is they know that they're in a massive, massive mess, and so they're trying everything they can to, well, to find a way to 
to win an election, right? In fact, my wife shared with me earlier tonight an article from Axios that I'll read before I play this quote from Begala as well. It says this headline here, as this thing is loading, chartered, or I'm sorry, charted, GOP surged as Biden slumped. Subheading, or this is written by Mike Allen, Axios.com, percentage of Americans who identify with or lean to the Republican and the Democrat Party. And so there's a little chart here, a little handy graph, and it goes back. It's it's the previous four quarters, the four quarters of 2021. And if there's a leftist, a Bernie Sanders supporter that doesn't know, you know, some socialist that doesn't have any idea what quarters are, those are the first uh, every every three months, right? There's four of those. January, February, March is the first quarter. April, May, June, second quarter. I'm just halfway teasing leftists. You know I love you. But – it's got this charted out, and it's in the first quarter of 2021, when the survey was conducted by Gallup, it shows that Democrats had an advantage, just a, a generic ballot advantage. You know, Do you identify with or lean to the Democratic Party? This was asked in the first quarter of 2021. 49% said Democrat, 40% said Republican. Second quarter. That gap. So think about think about this in terms of Biden's <laughs> Biden's and the Democrats ruling in Washington D.C. Single party ruling in D.C. right now. So when they took office, the first quarter they had a nine point advantage. Second quarter that advantage shrunk to six points, forty nine forty three in favor of the Democrats. Third quarter, it wasn't just. You know, Democrats were no are no longer flatlining at four. You know, well, they're flatlining in another way, but they're not hanging hanging consistent at forty nine percent. They actually dropped to forty five percent. So at the end of the third or in the third quarter, it was forty five forty four. It's a one point difference now. At the end of twenty twenty one, twelve months basically of Biden reigning, of Kamala cackling and reigning, of Nancy Pelosi doing God only knows what she does. Chuck Schumer out there misrepresenting and maligning the Republican Party and the, the regular predictable stuff. 47% Republican, 42% Democrat. So they, as, as I've, you know, this is a different bit of information, but it's the same general thing. The most important thing right now that's happening in Washington, D.C., and I saw Tim Kaine come out and say that the, Build Back Better agenda is is dead for now. So there's really, besides this Freedom to Vote Act, it's it's that and it's preparing, it's campaigning, right? I mean, that's where we are. It doesn't mean that they're not going to try to pass something else because believe me, if they can, they will, but they are now in campaign mode. They're in campaign mode. And so that's why this Freedom to Vote Act is important because they think that it at least gives them a chance to somehow you know, not get shellacked as badly as as it looks like they are about to be shellacked. But all these things add up. All these things add up for problems, massive problems for Democrats. Biden is taking pressure from this. And Paul Begala, and I'll play this soundbite when we get back, the forehead, <laughs> as Rush used to call him. Not my favorite Rush nickname. My favorite is either John Kerry, who served in Vietnam or, of course, 
Focahontas. I think it's Focahontas. I liked how he delivered John Kerry, who served in Vietnam, but Focahontas just in and of itself is brilliant. Anyway, so the bottom line here is that Biden, the Democrats are getting pressure, um, and I'm going to go through some other things that, that demonstrate this is what they do when they're in trouble. They blame, they don't blame themselves. They don't blame the leadership. They blame the followers. And that's what Paul Begala does. And I want you to hear it coming directly from uh, the, four, the forehead's mouth. And um, they also say it's not about their ideas, it's about the messaging, right? This is, this is always a popular go to as well because they cannot, they will not. You will not find a quote from a Democrat who's following the playbook who says there's anything wrong with their ideas and ideology. What's wrong is the way that they're messaging, right? So that's what they always go to if something's not working right. It's our messaging. We're not explaining it well enough to folks. No, the truth is folks have an idea now. Now that you've been in power for a year, really what you're capable of and what you're up to, and they don't like it, and they've had enough, and they there's literally been a... 9 plus 5, 14-point swing in a generic ballot. I guess, I don't know if it's a generic ballot, but it's basically saying, do you identify with Republican Party or Democrat Party? It swung 14 points in favor of the Republicans in a year. Remarkable. So all that stuff mixed together is driving the narrative and driving what's happening in Washington, D.C. today, including the White House, including the House of Representatives, including the Senate. They are panicked. They are out of control. They are scared out of their minds. And so they got to start blaming someone or come up with some way to, uh, well, explain this away. Explain this away. And the truth is, no matter what explanation they give, is that things are markedly worse than they were when President Trump was in office, when Republicans were in charge of the House and Senate, we are in a dramatically different place than we were. It's as though, as I've said before, if we didn't know better, wink, wink, we'd think this was intentional. Quick time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So... Let's listen here. Let's listen here to how Paul Begala, again, one that Rush Limbaugh called the forehead. <laughs> I don't know why it, t- it gets me chuckling so much, but let's listen to his response. And again, the question is basically are these criticisms justified? Is Biden, did Biden push harder for infrastructure than he pressed for um, the For the People Act? Right. I mean, is this effectively is something wrong with Biden, which obviously anyone who's remotely close to fair and has half a brain would say, yes, yes, a lot of things are wrong with Joseph Biden. Right. So they don't want to admit that they can't afford to admit that, admit that. In fact, this is uh, this is one of the fatal flaws of, of liberalism, my friends, is that they can't admit their own failures because they think that they're fit to rule over you. And if they think that and admit that they have failures, I mean, gee whiz, that puts them awfully close. We all, well, any person who's not a narcissist knows that we have shortcomings and failures. Of course, 
some a lot more than others, but we we all have. I mean, we all failures. I mean, there's no there's no pretending that we don't. We all have weaknesses. A biblical uh, biblical explanation would say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. Whatever. We all know that we're not perfect. Surely to heaven. Now the folks that are there are narcissists that are running. That, that, that run for political office, that even hold political office. They, I mean, look, when you have people tell you how great you are, I'm not going to mention names. There's, there's one particular person in, that comes to mind as I'm saying this. I know, I just, it's it's not about the name. And I, you know, it's just from what I've, what I see. But when you're, when you're told how great you are constantly um, and no one questions or challenges you, there's, the situation is, very likely that things can get out of control really quickly with that particular individual, right? I mean, this is, to me, again, common sense, but they don't want to do that. Instead, it's much easier for them to blame someone else, not the leader. No, no, no. Leading, They'll blame the followers, and that's what the forehead Paul Begala says here. Listen to this. Did President Biden put more effort into getting infrastructure passed, for example? Well, he... He got infrastructure passed, and that's a good thing because success can can breed success. He is putting the full force of the presidency behind it. I think the problem for the Democrats right now is is not that they have bad leaders; they have bad followers. Yeah, there you go. They have bad followers. Now, what did that mean exactly? Right? Does that mean is he saying <laughs> is he saying that the rank and file? Are the problem here? Is he saying that uh, the people in the Democrats in the House and Senate are the problem who are supposed to be following the lead of Joseph R. Biden? I mean that that seems more in line with what I think. I'm trying to be fair to him here, but I think that seems to be more consistent with with what he's saying. You know, Biden's paving the way here, and he's kind of saying Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, you guys have messed this up. You guys haven't followed the leader here you can't blame the leader he's trying to you know blaze a trail here for you and you're unwilling or incapable or whatever of well taking orders is how they look at it um from the uh from your president from your party's leader and so that is a problem of the followers that's what paul begala is saying but i think that that mentality goes deeper too i do i think I think that today's Democrat Party, they think that um, they, as I've said before, think that they're better than the average voter. Now, I'm I'm really generalizing here, but I think you'll find have found that this generalization is quite true, and and to some extent extends to both parties. I mean, this the political class, the ruling class, if you will, in this country today. Um, kind of thinks that they're better. They're smarter. They're more qualified. They're better at making decisions on behalf of people. Uh, people are too stupid, too inept, whatever. I don't believe that. I'm just telling you what they think. And so I think it's also true that Paul Begala, while he probably wouldn't come out and say that, I do believe that the narcissists in the Democrat Party I believe that they feel like anytime there's a problem, 
and this is going to segue nicely with something else I want to talk about, but anytime there's a problem, it has to be something else. It can't be the leader. It reminds me of when I was in college, folks, 120 years ago, when I took a class, one of my, I think it was my last semester, titled the class, I kid you not, is capitalism really better? And there were only eight students in there. And I've shared this with you before. Four guys and four girls, back when we could actually identify gender. And there, at the end of the class, at the end of the semester, we took a vote. Now, I don't want any of you reading into this because this was just what that class voted. Okay, so it doesn't mean that this applies to the general population. It's only eight people. But it was legitimately a tie. <laughs> One of the students said, let's take a vote. Let's take a vote, and we can decide amongst ourselves what we think after going through this class. Our professor, by the way, I won't mention his name, but he was um, he had lived in the Soviet Union. He spent a lot of his trying, uh, time trying to tell us that the Soviet Union wasn't as bad as we had heard it was. Um, in fact, it was a lovely place. And this is where you would hear things, um, this professor, um, they, they say things. People who defend Soviet communism, communism in general, what they say is, I kid you not, this is what they say. Communism has struggled. They probably will never admit that it fails, just like, just like Paul Begala would never admit that the leader failed with Joseph Biden. But they would never say the leader failed or the system failed. Instead, they're saying, um, well, after the, after the current leader is gone or the, the former leader moves on and the system crumbles, they'll then, they then feel comfortable in blaming the leadership because they don't want to blame their ideology. So when the leader's in power, you won't hear these things, especially if they're communists, because you'll get thrown in the gulags or you'll have your, you know, be shot between the eyes or whatever. Um, but once they're gone and the dust settles, instead of saying communism didn't work, look, 100 million people were killed by these brutal governments in the 20th century. No, no, no. Can't admit that. What they say is we never had a truly benevolent dictator at the helm of any of these communist countries. So it's really not fair. But at the end of the semester, I kid you not, the vote was four to four, and the four guys voted for capitalism and free markets. The four girls voted for uh, communism, which still struck me to think, how can you live? How, I mean, it, it, to me, it just shows an incredible amount of a cre incredible amount of uh, or lack of awareness about realities around the world. I mean, did they not watch? Did they not see problems in the Soviet Union and bread lines? Did they not hear about the gulags? Did they not hear about the banning of religion? I mean, did they did they not know these things? Did they not care about these things? And again, I don't want you to read more into the men women breakdown, but that's just how our class our class voted. But what really matters is that fifty percent of educated students in that class, and they were smart students. Right, they they were let's say educated, but I don't know. Sometimes I wonder um, how many people could be convinced of whatever the course was about. Um, if the professor simply went in every day and made the case for whatever it is, um, I saw the one of these new uh, Newsmax or not Newsmax Newsweek. Forgive me, Newsmax Newsweek recently was had run a piece kind of defending or excusing to some extent pedophilia. And I almost wonder if someone sat through a class and someone, uh, the professor was arguing for pedophilia. I, I truly believe people would be come out of that class 
they just listen to what they're being told. There's like, for some folks, there's no, there's no filter. There's no, I don't process by which they're critical of information. They're being force fed by some of these radical professors. Anyway, I mean, that's, that's how that, that's how that ended. But, but communism would never blame the leader while the leader was alive. Once the leader was dead or once the system had crumbled, then they blamed the leaders for not being benevolent enough because they can't accept that their ideology is completely flawed and you know goes contrary to the, to the nature of mankind and all that. They won't do that. they got to blame the leaders at that point. But in a similar way, the Democratic leaders, when they're in power or when they're trying to win votes, they'll either blame the followers, not the leaders, or... The messaging, which I want to talk about next. That's something the Biden White House is talking about. But I better take a time out here, my friends. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part, brought to you in part by our friends at Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing. You can find out about some of their upcoming auctions by visiting their website, Freegee Auctioneers, with an S. That's F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers.com. You can see some of their upcoming auctions. <clears throat> some of those are held um, on site in Clayton, just a little bit west for those of uh, you listening in Metro Indy, a little bit west down US 40, not too far from the city at all. Um, and some of those you can bid online, which means no matter where you're listening to my beautiful voice, you can, (laughs) you can check out their, uh, their auctions, depending if they are actually online. A lot of those are check out some of their upcoming auctions. I'm looking here now. There's a couple, there's several live and one that's online. I mean, there's plenty to choose from all sorts of, all sorts of things, uh, from, Man, I mean, a state auction, heavy equipment. Um, I know at some point later this year, there's a, there we go, the the annual spring big boy toy auction, which is here in a couple of months in April. So lots of stuff to choose from, freegeauctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers, with an S, dot com. So for the break, um, I was mentioning here that it's never the fault of the Democrat leaders, right? It's, it just can't be. Cannot be, just like the communists could never, it could never be the ideology it had to be. They just didn't have the perfect leader in place. But they were, of course, comfortable saying that after the leaders had all died and the system had crumbled. And you know, the Democrat Party is still in existence. So they can't admit failure amongst their leaders. So instead, what they do is they blame the followers, which I played last uh, last segment, but on top of that, they also blame their messaging. Now, this is a common, common thing that you'll hear from Democrats. In fact, there's an article here, and I'm trying to pull this, pull this sucker up. But there's an article um, talking about this. This is Breitbart. Breitbart says it's not. Well, the Democrats are blaming their communications plan. White House is going to fix that. Of of all the things that Joe Biden is going to supposedly fix, which is nothing, just let me throw that out there for starters, but the last of the the nothings that he could fix 
on that list to me would be the communications plan. I mean, this guy can't get through a sentence without calling Kamala President Harris or making some series of, I don't know, sometimes inaudible noises, indistinguishable sounds, uh, a maze of explanation and logic. I don't know what the guy's talking about half the time. So the last thing that they would be able to fix, assuming they could fix anything, which is a leap because they've made everything tremendously worse, the last thing they would be able to fix is communications. But here we go, Breitbart.com, White House pursuing Joe Biden communications reboot as polls collapse. So I'm just going to read a bit from this article. The White House is planning a new communications strategy as President Joe Biden faces a total collapse of his approval rating, citing, quote, senior administration officials. NBC News reported Tuesday the White House is exploring new ways to communicate directly with the American people. Oh, I tell you what, I look forward to this. Get Joe Biden out there um, live. Not in, not in the studio. Not in the studio that's supposed to look like the White House. I want the guy live. I want him right there. I would prefer to have him without a teleprompter. Of course, that's not going to happen. But if, if this – think about this. Their entire campaign strategy, folks, in 2020 was to hide this guy in the basement. Now, think how, think how desperate they must be when the best solution they have at this particular point in time. And these strategists, while they might be in many cases morally bankrupt and, I mean, in, in some cases just – I mean – I don't think good people. I, I I don't like saying that, but but I think it. Uh, not all the time, but there's certainly people in that circle that that meet that criteria. I think, or at least give us reason to pause and ask that that question. Um, <laughs> but to think how much things had to get worse, how bad when your campaign strategy was to hide the guy in the basement. And he might make some comment about geese, and he really did that, by the way. Talked, I don't remember if it was hearing the geese honking, or I don't know what it was, uh, from his basement. You know, when they took him out, again, we've talked about this, but they took him out, people would listen to his speeches in cars, heard horns honking. I said that people fell asleep and their heads were hitting the horns. I believe that that's probably pretty close to accurate. The other thing is I think they put cars out there because we really couldn't tell for certain if anybody was in the car. Surprised the car, I'm, I don't, maybe the cars were masked, I don't know. But, you know, you, you look at this, and, you know, he would have some of those speeches, people were sitting in circles. I mean, you look back on this, you look back on this through the lens of history, and this is just crazy, some of the stuff that we were subjected to, and just, just the, just what that whole campaign looked like. But the guy hid in the basement. Biden hid in the basement. And now their best strategy is to get Biden out there to communicate directly with the American people. Surely they have to mean Jen Psaki, but then again, Psaki's not much better than Biden. Who are they going to put out there? I mean, it seems, is it going to be Kamala? Is there going to be a Kamala sighting? I don't know. I mean, who's it going to be? Seems like it has to be the president, right? Anyway, it can't be that their ideas are terrible. It can't be that their ideas are built upon things that are not true and accurate, that run contrary to human nature. No, no, no. No, no, no. Instead, it has to be 
The followers don't know how to follow the leaders, as Paul Begala said on the clip I played earlier, or or the communication. We're just not communicating it clearly. Mm-hmm. No, the problem is we all understand all too well just how stupid and reprehensible and unconstitutional and un-American your vision for America is. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, I mean, it's not... Here's another example. Another example of why people are fleeing the Democrat Party. Um, there's plenty of examples to choose from. But here's another one. Um, let me find it here. California. Listen to, listen to this. This is foxbusiness.com. Cal- California, excuse me, the People's Republic of California has is considering a proposal that could potentially double, well, not, not potentially, it would double some people's Income taxes. California already has the highest income taxes in the country. I'm almost certain. I didn't double-check that before I got on here, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And so now, now they're quite literally wanting to double it. I mean, it's insane. They want to make a single-payer health care system. People will flee. The producers will flee. I mean, this is predictable. But this is why people, this is another, just one example. Plenty to choose from. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. You know, we still have a long way to go before the election. But it is, at this particular point in time, at least entertaining to watch this group, to watch this bunch who told us, they told us, folks, that if we only elected Democrats got rid of Trump. All of our problems would go away. Easy peasy. They needed the adults. We needed the adults to come back in and run the show. That's what they told us. Of course, that's not what's happened. It's been an unmitigated disaster. I mean, it's a feeding frenzy. I mean, on themselves at this particular point. All self-inflicted. Anyway, I've got to go. Music's telling me it's time to wrap up. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.